Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, this is John Veltheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. And it's kind of the uh, uh, the time of the year where the uh, the Badgers are you know kind of in the middle of their football season. We are going to touch on that a little bit right here at the start, but today's uh, agenda we're going to touch a little bit on uh, some UW basketball since the uh, the men's basketball team is kind of gearing up to start their season uh, in a couple weeks here. They had their local media day yesterday. We're recording on Thursday, so we'll talk about that a little bit after we uh, get into some of the the nitty-gritty with uh, Wisconsin's upcoming uh, home game against Illinois following their um, 38 to 13 loss against Against Michigan the week before, um, John, you and I were talking before the show. We don't, I don't think we need to, uh, you know, go too much into the Michigan game. I think, you know, for one thing, um, from the Badger standpoint, they feel like they need to move on from that uh, as quick as possible, just you know, because they don't want that to linger on into their other games. And I think, uh, you know, the the reasons behind that game kind of getting out of control are, are pretty obvious. I mean, the Badgers were playing with. Uh, a pretty thin defense at the time and you know their offense just really struggled to uh get anything going against a really good Michigan defense and and honestly I I don't know how much more there is to that. Yeah, it I think it you know we talked about this a little bit in the podcast I thought Michigan was maybe Wisconsin's last opportunity to um you know kind of live up to those lofty expectations like you know I, I thought that they had like an outside chance of of really turning things around and and you know, maybe being that dynamic offense that, that, that we thought that they were, you know, clean stuff up, up on defense. And, you know, that, that just, just wasn't the case. Uh, so, you know, I, I think we're in that. This is this is kind of the team that, that you should expect for, for the rest of the way through. I think uh, they'll they'll handle the teams that, that they need to handle, like, you know, Illinois coming up this week. But, uh, you know, games like Northwestern and, and Penn State uh, will, will definitely be competitive games. You know, I, I think that – They'll go into that Penn State game, uh, you know, uh, not on the favorite side. I, th- I think they'll they'll be an underdog there. So, um, you know, that's kind of my takeaways from it. I, I also think there's there are some positives. I thought, you know, the really young back end for Wisconsin played well. Uh, you know, Wild Goose looks like he'll be a good player. You know, Reggie Pearson, uh, I thought played well as well. Um, you know, you just you, you struggle when you don't get any sort of pass rush at all. Um, and then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Alex Hornbrook was was bad. Uh, you know, he, he graded out as Wisconsin's worst uh, performer on the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, John, I think this is maybe the most fired up you've ever been on Twitter. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a very calm and collective guy. But I, I do think it's worth pointing out that, uh, you know, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Hornerbrook is, is the most talented and, uh, you know, the most appropriately placed number one quarterback on the roster. Am I, am I wrong or am I speaking out of uh... – um, Man, you saw those. I, I thought everybody had gone to bed, and, I like, I, I, I had to kind of stop myself. I didn't want to get into it too much. Uh, but, uh, the uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I get that, you know, people are frustrated, and it's frustrating to watch a an offense that, you know, really isn't doing anything, especially when, you know, it's a – it's an important game and you know, the offense as a whole had such really high expectations. Um, and I, I will even, I will even admit that I can see where some people are coming from where, you know, maybe they want to see somebody like Jack Cone get in on um, some, you know, get some snaps in just to kind of see what he can do in a game, you know, where the results has already kind of been decided. I mean, at, at, at a certain point, I mean, the Badgers weren't going to come back from, you know, allowing 38 points on the road like that. Um, but I think there's, 
there's a lot of people that are too quick to to jump on to Hornerbrook and you know kind of beat him up a little bit for when he has these bad games. And and make no mistake, I mean, like that was that was a bad game. I mean, he you know missed throws. There were uh, some some poor decisions. Um, but I don't I don't want people to think that it was all his fault. I mean, and I, I think the um, the offensive guys that I talked to this week, you know, had a kind of a similar um, line about that. I mean, they felt like it was kind of a whole team, um, you know, kind of a group failure thing. I mean, certainly, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, Alex Hornerbook was great in that game and that people were, um, you know, just, you know, not that they shouldn't believe their lying eyes. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's a reason why the Badgers, you know, stick with him and it's because he can win games for them. And the, I mean, he did it, you know, in, uh, at the end of last season uh, against Miami, where you know he uh, he and the the passing game kind of lit up um, the Miami Hurricanes in that game. I mean, this is and this is coming you know two or three weeks after uh, he was the major factor in that uh, come from behind uh, win you know over Iowa, where the Badgers were in that two minute drill and really had to you know drive down the field quick and and score to really you know, keep their season alive right after losing that game to, uh, to BYU. And so, I mean, he's, he's like a lot of college quarterbacks. He's going to have his ups and downs uh, on a good day. He's really efficient and can make some throws into a, a tight window. And on a bad day, he's going to struggle. But, you know, in all the practices that we watched, you know, during fall camp and spring ball and the end of last season, I just, I did not see, you know, I saw growth from Jack Cohen, certainly, and I thought he looked more comfortable, you know, compared to you know, when he came into the program as, as a true freshman. But, you know, Alex Hornerbrook, when he's on his game, he's their best quarterback. And, you know, the Badgers aren't going to sacrifice that just to you know, can kind of mix some things up here um, and, you know, try and jolt their offense. This isn't something where they feel like they have a timeshare at quarterback. This is, I mean, Alex Hornbrook is their starter. And as long as they, the Badgers feel like that he can win games for them more consistently than Jack Cohn can, then he's going to remain the starter. And I, I, I might've gotten a little snarkier than usual, but uh, I, I wanted to, I, I just, I feel like people forget about the the good Alex Hornerbrook performances, and I think you need to weigh the good with the bad too. And I think the Badgers do that, but I think you know, it's a little easy in the heat of the moment for when you're watching an offense struggle to kind of forget about the the come from behind wins or the the other good performances. Right, I think that's that's pretty well put. I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, you know, Joel, Joel Stav, I got the same treatment. Yeah, I think he's Wisconsin's all time winningest quarterback. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of fans that think Graham Mertz will start from, you know, the, the time that he, that he steps on campus in the spring, which, which most likely won't be the case, but, um, you know, it's, I also don't think fans are crazy. I, th- I think that's what no. part of being a fan is. And, uh, you know, the backup quarterback's usually the most popular guy in campus. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, yep. it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, again, I don't think people are crazy for t- talking about it, but I think you put it pretty well with, with how things stand. Yeah, and I mean the we'll see what the, what the Badgers can do against Illinois. I mean, this is I was just writing the the all out blitz that'll run uh, on Friday, and you know this is this is an Illinois defense that uh, is uh, is not very good. I mean, they have some uh, statistically anyway. They I mean they have some players that the Badgers look at them on tape, and they you know they they were they certainly respect the the athletic talent, and they they feel like that Illinois is a little bit better than you know what their record and some of their stats have shown. But at least when you Look at the Illini on paper. I mean, they they have really not done a very good job of uh, of stopping teams this year, and they've done a particularly poor job of um, getting uh, getting offenses to be kind of behind schedule, as you would call it, where 
you know, you are, um, if you're an offense and you're on schedule, it means you're facing, you know, first and tens, second and fives, and, you know, third and three or, or fewer. Um, and Illinois is not going to, has not done a good job of that. And the Badgers actually have from an offensive standpoint, despite their, you know, kind of up and down uh, struggles so, so far this year, they've actually been pretty consistent at, you know, um, moving the chains. It's just that they they haven't uh, made a whole ton of uh, big explosive plays that kind of finish off those drives. Um, and so, you know, if the Badgers kind of bring their A game, you know, for this week, and I think they'll be able to put up some points on on the scoreboard against Illinois. I, I'm I'm curious to see how the defense responds. And um, I guess the the thing that I'm watching is, you know, how is the the UW defense going to be able to control the the running game of Illinois, which is really their biggest strength on offense. They have a quarterback, uh, AJ Bush, who is a a grad transfer that has taken over uh, as the starter. Who's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He's a better runner than a thrower, and he's kind of like a third running option between him and two other guys that have kind of split time at running back. And so, I think if the Badgers do that and control the line of scrimmage, I think they'll have a you know uh, they'll be able to take care of take care of business this weekend. It's certainly a a different kind of challenge than taking on Michigan on the road. Uh, certainly, Badgers don't want to overlook Illinois, uh, but this is this is a game that they should win. Um, I think by a couple scores. Right. I think the biggest question going into this is, you know, who who ends up playing for Wisconsin? Uh, you, look at, you look at who's questionable, it's Dakota Diction, uh, Fayon Hicks, Scott Nelson, uh, you know, three of their starters, along with Reggie Pearson, uh, who, like I said, played well against Michigan. Uh, Travion Blaylock and Isaiah Laudermack all ruled out for this game. So um, in that back end, you know, you, you're curious about who's able to go. Who's going to see more time? Uh, you know, a guy like Richard Wild Goose. We also talked about. Uh, you know, you're excited to see those younger guys play, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who's out there against Illinois. Uh, who could, you know, kind of be a team that's you know, uh, kind of like you know just what the doctor ordered against. Uh, you know, after coming off of a, a loss like that to Michigan, so uh, you you would hope that they go out there and control the game from start to finish. Uh, you know, Illinois is not a good team. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see who's out there. I think Wisconsin wins pretty comfortably, though. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we want to uh, devote to football for today. To, and now we can kind of get into uh, the UW men's basketball um, a little bit. Uh, their season is uh, creeping closer. They uh, they had their local media day yesterday, and I was there getting to uh, hear from Greg Gard and, and talk to some of the uh, the players as they you know, get ready to really um, – I think the, the key word that – uh, I kept hearing over and over again was uh, was momentum. The I mean the Badgers, you know, it's no secret that uh, the men's basketball team last year uh, disappointed. They uh, you know missed the NCAA tournament for the first time in about you know twenty years or you know something like that. I mean it's it's uh, it it had been a long time. I mean streaks you know come to an end, but you know but with a combination of injuries and inexperience, it, it just didn't go to Badgers' way last year. But you know, turning the page, they return, you know, uh, pretty much every significant contributor from last year's team. They get a couple guys back that are healthy. Uh, Brad Davison uh, is going to have two healthy, uh, healthy shoulders this year. Uh, Demetra Trice and Kobe King are basically uh, fully recovered and are ready to kind of uh, give the Badgers some more depth in their, um, in their backcourt where they were really kind of struggling to piece a, uh, a starting lineup together last year um, with so many guys that were hurt. And so I think the the thing that I kept hearing yesterday, like I said, was momentum. The Badgers felt like they, they closed out the season well last year. And they, they did, if you remember back to it, they, they played well against some tough teams uh, towards the end of their conference season. And then in the, uh, the big 10 tournament um, and I, the Badgers feel like they, 
have a chance. They, they carried that over into it. They, they felt like they had a good off season. They felt like they've had a good preseason so far, and they feel like they want to carry that over into a, you know, a successful 2018, 2019 season where they, they want to get back to, you know, competing with every, with everybody when they, uh, when they get on the court, like uh, Ethan Hap said yesterday. And I'm curious to see if they will actually be able to do that. Yeah. You know, I, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people talk to you too about this stuff covering the team. You know, they, they want to know, you know, what's going to happen with the basketball team. And, and honestly, I, you know, nothing would really surprise me this year. Uh, I, I think, you know, you don't, we don't really know a ton about this team just yet, you know, other than, you know, the, the, the you know, the guys that they coming back and they got a lot of guys that, you know, were, were injured last year and, and they expect them back. But, um, you know, I, I guess I expect them to get back to the tournament and, and make a little bit of noise there, but, um, I guess, you know, like I said, not a whole lot would, would surprise me, you know, if they, if they struggled again, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Um, if you, they, you know, they, they went to the NIT, I guess I wouldn't be shocked and, like I said, if they went back to the NCAA tournament, uh, I wouldn't be shocked either. I guess like that's kind of where I expect them to go. But um, I think there's, you know, uh, you know, going into every Wisconsin season, you know, like you said, for the past twenty years, you felt like you knew where this team would kind of shake out, you know, especially because they finished in the top four in the Big Ten, uh, you know, all those twenty years. But right. uh, you know, I, I, it's, I think there's, there's a lot of question marks around the season. I think it adds a lot of intrigue too. Um, you know, I think there's. There's a lot to watch this year, and I think uh, you know, you know, people are going to be glued to that, and uh, they want to know how Greg Gard responds because you know he th- that team absolutely faced a lot of adversity last year. You know, you had the guys graduating, then you had you know projected starters, you know, for sure, and Demetri Trice, and you know, a guy like Kobe King is, is someone who could probably have worked his way into that starting role potentially, and you know, they were gone. Uh, you know, Brad Davis had had one arm last year, and I, you know, he played you know pretty well for a guy with with one arm, so. Um, I'm excited about the season. I'm excited to see what they look like. And um, like I said before, not a whole lot would surprise me with, with how things shake out. Yeah. And I think we'll, I mean, we'll get our first kind of look at this team uh, in the, the red white scrimmage, which is coming up uh, on, uh, on Sunday afternoon of this weekend. And so I'm curious to see what they look like. Uh, Greg Gard said yesterday that the Badgers in the, in their uh, kind of preseason workouts and practices really, he really hasn't, um, you know, tried to uh, narrow down or group guys into you know a, a starting group or a, a, contrib- a contributing group and then a scout team group um, and so I, I guess I'll be curious to see you know what what kind of lineups the Badgers roll out there uh, and what combinations they use uh, in the in their you know intra squad scrimmage this year and I, I think there's you know, kind of like what you said there's two different ways to kind of look at the the UW- <coughs> you know, men's basketball season this year. I mean, the, if you're a, if you're a bit of a pessimist, you might look at it and say, you know, this is a team that really struggled during parts of the season last year. And, you know, they, they return. I mean, the guys are mostly the same. The, the roster is, you know, basically uh, with the exception of uh, Andy Van Vliet and I think uh, Aaron Mace. I'd have to, you know, take a look at the roster again, but I think those are only your two, you know, um, names that people would recognize that are that are gone uh, from the team from last year and so if you look at it it's like well you know they struggled last year and that same team is back you know what what's different about you know this year's team compared to last year's team and I guess uh, how I would you know kind of respond to myself with that is that you know the Badgers are going to be playing with guys who they feel like uh, can be difference makers with I think Demetri Trice uh, would have been a difference maker for them last year certainly you know just from 
um, you know, being able to play point guard and letting Brad Davison play off the ball more often, which I feel like is, you know, kind of his more natural position. I think that would be a big, you know, difference that, you know, assuming that uh, Trice can stay healthy and on the court this year, I think that's a big, you know, change for this team. And I think, you know, uh, Kobe King really kind of seemed to be, uh, you know, maybe turning the corner a little bit or, you know, uh, starting to feel a little bit more comfortable uh, before he got hurt. Uh, and so you know, just having him available, I think, is uh, going to give the UW offense, you know, kind of a, an extra jolt that they just didn't have last year. And obviously they, you know, got a win, you know, from a, in one sense when Ethan Happ decided to, you know, return to the team for his senior season instead of uh, going off to the NBA. And so, you, know, you get him back. That's a good sign for UW, uh, and then you get some interesting players back who are in. Um, I think you could ca- fairly call them you know, question marks to some extent. I mean, you get you get Khalil Iverson back, who you know has been has been good in, in spurts, but you know you, you might be looking for a little bit more from him this season. And then you get some young guys like uh, Aleem Ford and uh, Nate Reavers, who played and got some extensive uh, minutes and action for the Badgers. And we'll get to see kind of how they uh, learned from last year and how they, uh, you know, grew. And, you know, in, in the case of Reavers, uh, Reavers is up to, you know, 240 pounds. He told me yesterday compared to playing at, uh, you know, around 215 last year as a, as a, a true freshman. And so you know, it's the same roster for the most part, but there are some significant differences that make you think that, you know, this team, could have what it takes to get back to the NCAA tournament. So I think in that respect, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing in the, in the scrimmage this weekend is just how does this team play together right now? And, you know, how, how do they look different compared to the end of last season when they did kind of have some momentum? Yeah. You know, I, I agree with a lot of that. And I I think plain and simple though, I mean, this team has to shoot the ball better. And, you know, one of the things they really struggled with, with was when, you know, Iverson and Ethan Happer on the court at the same time. And, you know, obviously, you know, you want that to happen because they're you know, two of your better players. But, you know, those are two guys who just can't shoot from the outside. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, John, I think Brad Davison will help a little bit with that, you know, playing off guard, which I think is the coaching staff's preference. Uh, Brevin Pritzel needs to shoot the ball better. Um, you hear about how great he is in practice, but uh, he needs to be consistent in games. Uh, you know, Kobe King, I, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily a big time outside shooter, but. Uh, he, he should help there. Nathan Reaver should help there. Um, but I think a big key to this season will be them shooting the ball better. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I think the, the big key to watch for me early is just what kind of a, what kind of a player can, can Brad Davison be, you know, playing off the ball, you know, playing more on the outside where he's not, you know, directing traffic, um, and, you know, playing, doing what, I mean, he certainly did, you know, an admirable, an admirable job, not only to, you know, kind of play through his shoulder injury, but to play out of position uh, last year, just because the Badgers didn't really have anybody else. But uh, this is kind of the time to figure out what these guys that are here for this team can do. And uh, I'm also uh, one guy that I want to see, at least in the exhibition and the, um, the uh, their scrimmage this weekend is uh, is Ty Strickland. I mean, he was talking to me yesterday, and uh, he said that uh, he uh, he feels like he can earn some minutes on this team. And uh, I mean, this is a this is a group that is like you said is going to need to find some some guys who can shoot. And if you can do that, I think there's a, there's definitely a, a lane to playing time for somebody, despite not having um, you know all the uh, all the experience in the world. Right. I, I think Strickland plays right away. Uh, I think he's ready to. 
Um, you know, in a perfect world, you know, Trice starts at point guard for you and Strickland spells him off the bench and, you know, Davison's able to play off guard. And, you know, if they, if they want to run him at point in some certain uh, sets and in, in lineups, they can, but uh, I, I, yeah, I think, I think Strickland plays right away. I think he's able to. Yeah. And I, I guess my other key is uh, I want to see how Ford and, and Reavers look. I mean, the, the Badgers, um, you know, obviously having Ethan Happ is uh, is a big benefit for any you know college basketball team, but you really need more um, threats uh, to score, uh, whether it's you know from the outside or in the post, uh, to really kind of make the offense run. And if you know somebody like Reavers or you know Ford can you know show that they can also be a, a presence you know closer to the basket, I think that would definitely open things up. You know, even you know for Happ a little bit more too, just because you know, the, the teams kind of figured out that you know, when the Badgers were hobbled on offense, you know, they could really kind of uh, hone in on him. And, you know, if you follow him, then, you know, with his free throw shooting, I mean, you know, maybe at best he makes one or two. And I mean, we'll see if he can, you know, improve on that too. But uh, there's definitely some pieces that are intriguing for this team. And I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. Right. I agree. And the Wisconsin football program is going to try to add some pieces uh, this weekend as well. Um, you know, not, not as big as re- of a recruiting weekend as they had uh, two weekends ago uh, when they were under the lights at Camp Randall for Nebraska. Uh, one guy I think they, they will add, you know, maybe not as quickly as they did with Clay Cundiff, uh, is Muhammad Tori. Uh, he's the linebacker who's currently committed to Rutgers. He'll be on campus this weekend for his official visit. Um, like I said, I, I do think they ended up flipping him, uh, but it may not be, you know, like Cundiff where he, you know, was – it was pretty much a lot going in. I, like I said, I do think they get him, but uh, I don't think it's as, as much in the bag as Cundiff was. Um, and then some big guys in the 2020 class, uh, Cole Brevard. He's a four-star kid from Indiana. Uh, I think this is his second time visiting. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a big target for Wisconsin. Uh, and then Aiden Kinaana. I'm saying that wrong. apologize to Aiden if he's listening. Uh, he's a four-star kid from Colorado to another defensive tackle. And then Max Johnson, the, the quarterback uh, in the 2020 class. Uh, Johnson and his family were on campus this summer. Uh, they camped at Wisconsin, and they spent a ton of time with Paul Christ and, and John Budmeyer. Uh, you know, Johnson's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think the feeling is that, you know, he winds up either at Georgia or Miami. But uh, for him to come on campus again, I think it proves that Wisconsin's, uh, you know, big-time player in his recruitment. Um, you know, again, I, I think they they probably come up just short there, but uh, it's impressive what John Budmeyer has been able to do. Obviously, uh, you know, he played a role in, in landing Jack Cohn, uh, and then obviously he was he was the the primary recruiting contact in, for Graham Mertz, and then you know he's he has Wisconsin in uh, uh, with Max Johnson, so uh, it, it's impressive for them to get him on campus. We'll see how it shakes out, uh, but it should be another big uh, recruiting weekend for Wisconsin coming up on Saturday. All right. Well, make sure to stay tuned to uh, BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, we'll have uh, as much uh, game content and a, a busy uh, a Sunday with uh, some recruiting uh, news and information. And then obviously the uh, – well, I'll be at the uh, the red-white scrimmage on Sunday to uh, kind of take that in, and I'll, I'll post something uh, with uh, thoughts and reactions from that. So thanks again for uh, uh, listening to this week's edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, and we will talk to you next week.